Entrepreneur on Fire 965. You know, sell some business, you make some money. Make a friend, make a fortune. Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to Entrepreneur on Fire, where I chat with today's most successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. Ready to rock your own webinar? Text webinar course to 33444. That's webinar course, all one word, no spaces, to 33444. And you'll be rocking our free 10-day webinar course like a champ. Ignite. Having experience these days is priceless. More than 400,000 design projects have passed through the doors at 99designs. That's expertise. Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 upgrade of services free. Don't waste another minute of your time searching for website resources. HostGator offers site hosting and design and marketing services. Visit HostGator.com slash fire in the number 30 for a 30% discount today. Light that spark, Fire Nation. John Lee Doom is here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Bill Treasurer. Bill, are you prepared to ignite? Oh, yeah. Yes. Bill is the chief encouragement officer of Giant Leap Consulting, a courage building company. His clients include NASA, Lenovo, Accenture, Spanx, CNN, and the Pittsburgh Pirates. His new book, Leaders Open Doors, became the number one leadership training book in Amazon. Bill, take a minute, fill in any blanks from the intro, and then give us a glimpse in your personal life. Oh, sure. Well, I'm the chief encouragement officer, that's CEO, of Giant Leap (laughs) Consulting. And as I'll explain a little bit later, we're a courage building company. Had the business now for a dozen years. We're actually into our 13th year. Prior to this, I worked with Accenture. And before that, I worked with a small company called Executive Adventure and another one called uh, High Performing Systems. So I'm in the space of leadership development, and before all of that stuff, a long time ago, I used to be a professional high diver, and I used to dive from 100-foot platforms into teeny pools for a living. Sometimes, and you'll like this, John Lee, I was on fire. (laughs) I love it. Can we get a YouTube clip of that for the show notes page? Oh, sure. No worries. That'd be amazing. So, Bill, you're at a networking party. Someone walks up to you and says, what the heck do you do? In 10 seconds, what's your response? I tell them that the mission of me and my company, Giant Leap Consulting, is the same, and that's to help people and organizations be more courageous so that they can have more initiative, trust, and honesty with one another, and therefore boost performance. So that's what I'm all about. Man, you have that dialed in, brother. Impressive. So... Bill, you told us a little bit about your journey. We've got some glimpses, but I kind of want the entrepreneurial origin story of your current venture, this current passion that you have. So tell us the story of how you came to be doing what you're currently doing. You know, I was working for the man. I was working for the big corporate <laughs> machine for many years. Um, and, and it was good. It was useful, right? I mean, I mean uh, Accenture is a great company. I was there when it became Accenture. Before that, it was Anderson Consulting. And I, I really enjoyed it. And it helped me professionally immensely. And I uh, still draw on many solid relationships that I came away with from that experience. That said, it was also a bit confining for my spirit. I knew that there were things that I wanted to do. My own aspirations lied beyond Accenture. And so after a while, every day I'd be 
sort of tethered to a computer like it was a respirator, selling out little portions of my soul on a daily basic basis. And I guess I got to a point where I said, is this the, all there is? I knew that I wanted to do more. I knew that life had prepared me for more. And I knew that I had this unique take on risk-taking and risk leadership based on the fact that I had been a high diver who started out with a profound fear of heights. So my boss got ready to retire at Accenture. I, I wasn't sure who was going to be his successor. I was at the cusp of 40. My first book was coming out, which is called Right Risk. And I said, if there's ever a time for me to leave a six-figure job where I'm really well-networked, but it just isn't quite who I am, this is the moment for me to leave. So I worked it, I talked it over with my wife. I saved up a pot of money. I took night classes about how to start a business. I talked to other entrepreneurs who had been successful. And I finally had the guts to take a dive into myself, trusting myself. And, it's, and I took that giant leap to start Giant Leap Consulting. And, and uh, John Lee, guess who my first client was? Accenture. Yes. <laughs> they were my biggest client for the first three years of my business. And then the second uh, client was the Department of Veterans Affairs. And so I oh, was wow. on my way. Thank you for that, by the way. And I love all these analogies, Bill. It's really impressive to see how you went from point A to point B. You built a foundation. You talked to people. You saved up money. You built your runway out so that you had a significant amount of time to be successful because it does take time. And you didn't stray far from home. You knew Accenture. You had connections there. And you made it happen with your first client. So, Bill, today, right now, how are you generating revenue? So there's my business now that been again it's been at it for a dozen years and we have three major service lines. The first is courageous future because at the end of the day we're trying to create courageous cultures yeah. and people in the organization to be more courageous. And a great place to start is what we call courageous future and that's our strategic planning and ideation. It's a future casting model where we're helping a company say is your future that you're trying to aim at bold enough for the people here so that it actually inspires courageous behavior. So we do a lot of strategic planning. Um, what's really cool about that, John Lee, is that we've worked with organizations like, well, we've worked with MIT twice. We've worked with Harvard. We've worked with UC Berkeley, uh, USC, NC State, Michigan State. We've done a lot of work with, at the universities. Um, and we've also worked with the city of Asheville, Aldridge Electric Company, Plody Construction. So it, it really runs the gamut. Our second line of business, how we generate revenue, is we say, all right, if that's your strategy, that's the future you're aiming at, do you have the leaders in your organization that can lead you to that future? So we design and deliver uh, corporate courageous leadership programs. Oftentimes, they're multi-month. I Literally, last Friday, John, I got uh, graduated a group of leaders that I'm working with at the Aldridge Electric Company. And I've been working with them for four years. Wow. And we had our capstone event. And that's the second group that I've had from Aldridge, another group that I worked with for five years. Um, and then we designed, developed, and delivered an 18-month program for another company, and it's, we're into our fifth iteration. So we do a lot around courageous leadership and building the next generation of young, emerging, and new leaders. The third service line, the third way we make our money is working with teams, what we call courageous teams. And we work with – our preference is to work with senior executive groups when we can because oftentimes they're the ones setting the direction for the rest of the organization. But if you've got division leaders and business unit leaders who aren't working well together, the rest of the organization loses confidence in them. And they don't always play nice in the sandbox together because the egos are pretty big up there at the top. <laughs> 
So we work a lot with senior executive groups, trying to get them to tear down the walls between them and get real with one another so that they can interact productively for the rest of the organization. So those are our three ways we generate revenue, strategy, leadership, and teams. My biggest takeaway, Bill, diversity of revenue. And Fire Nation, this is really critical to understand. You need diversified revenue streams, money that's coming in from different areas because you never know what's going to happen. Shifts in the economy, shifts in the times, shifts in the temperature, in the air, anything can affect some things. And that's why diversifying, you've heard the not having all your eggs in one basket is critical. This is another example. And Bill, what I'd love to do now is analyze your worst entrepreneurial moments. And I really want you to take us to that point within your entrepreneurial journey, which is the lowest of the low, and tell us that story, feeling like we're there. I want to be there with you when this happens and learn some lessons. Oh, boy. Uh, the, the one that uh, comes immediately to mind is about, about five, six years into my business, I had moved my business from Atlanta to Asheville, North Carolina, where I live now and where I'm actually speaking from today. And you know, I, I was doing a lot of speaking engagements. My profile personally was getting raised in the industry. And I got to ask to speak at a conference in Asheville. So this was cool. I, I mean, I'm, I'm on the road a lot. I'm, uh, I have been averaging 16 days a month. And you got to figure there's only 20, 22 days of, uh, of business work a month that you can be on the road. And 16 days a month, I'm on the road on average. So here I get an opportunity to work in Asheville. And what it is, is the Georgia Association of Society Executives. So uh, Association Society Executives, so GSAE. And what it means is that they're all association heads. They all have the potential to bring me in to speak to their own association. So it's a great audience to get in front of, a real sweet spot audience. But because it's in Asheville and I'm traveling a lot, I'm like, well, that, you know, I'll be able to do that one in my sleep. I'm not going to have to do much homework for that one because, hey, you know, it's right in my sweet spot. It's around the topic that I talk about all the time and it's in my own neighborhood. So I sort of slow rolled it. I didn't give it the attention and honor the work the way I would have if I was speaking to a group in Las Vegas, say, for example, even though it was going to be speaking to 150 people. So the night before the event, I'm in Chicago and my plane is late as uh -huh. usual. So it doesn't get me home until like one o'clock in the morning. The next day I go to the venue, but I'm dealing with emergencies through my email and people trying to get at me and such, and I'm not paying attention. And uh, by the time I get to the venue, the previous three speakers have gone late or the previous two speakers. So that by the time I'm supposed to go on at 11, and they can't get me on the docket until one o'clock and the audience hasn't eaten lunch yet. And now I come on and I come on after a pretty famous speaker who blew them away. I got to tell you, John Lee, I did the uh, it was the worst talk in the history still to this day that I've ever done. And it was at the wrong moment, at the wrong time, in the right place, and I didn't deliver. And I felt ashamed. I actually felt embarrassed, and I came away from that speaking engagement, and I thought to myself, do I even want to do speaking as part of my business anymore? And I had been pretty naturally talented at it in the past, but this was like right in front of me. I'm like, am I good at what I do? And it really caused a lot of soul-searching and I got a lot more interested. At some point, I got interested and said, you know, if I'm going to do this speaking stuff, I got to really take it more, much more seriously. And uh, so I, you know, went through a presentation skills class. I had people critique presentations that I would do in the future. And ever since, every single presentation that I've done since, 
and keep in mind, John, that a lot of my business now is generated, you know, about 25% of my time is giving speaking, uh, you know, talks. And after every talk, I'm usually getting some business, whether it's another speaking engagement or the opportunity to come into a company and do courageous leadership, et cetera. So these are really important to me. So now ever since, ever since that really lousy job that I did, I honor the work. And that's my takeaway that I don't care if I'm speaking to a, a bunch of kindergarten kids or I'm speaking to CEOs of companies, they're still going to get the best me. And that means that the day of the event, the night before the event, I'm going through the slide deck that I have delivered hundreds of times and I'm still writing out longhand the order of what I'm going to say and when I'm going to say it. So now I honor the work because once I know that I've honored it, then I can deliver and feel like I, that the audience got the best out of me. There's not much worse than bombing on stage and knowing you did and especially you know when it's in front of a potential hometown atmosphere – but I will say there's things to be learned here. And there's a great quote that came to my mind, Bill, when you were just sharing that. And that is, the biggest enemy of great is good. And mm. frankly, you are a good speaker. And you probably would have continued going on being good for a really long time if you hadn't had that really tough experience. But because you were bad once and you had to sit down and say, man, I've always been good. I'm pretty naturally talented, but man, I want to be great. You did some honest soul searching, then you put in the significant time, effort, and energy to become great. So Fire Nation, think about things right now that you're good at, that you're pretty comfortable doing and saying, is that good? Like, is that where I want to be or do I want to be great? Because sometimes that is the biggest enemy of ever being great is the fact that you're already pretty gosh darn good. So Bill, that's my biggest takeaway, but in one sentence, I'd love for you to share with Fire Nation, what do you really want to make sure that we get from that period in your life? Well, it's, a, it's actually a quote that comes to mind for me that, uh, you know, good judgment is the result of experience and experience is the result of bad judgment. And sometimes <laughs> you, you got it. You have to refuse to not learn from an experience like that. And I'll be doggone that I made sure that, uh, that I learned from that and other, you know, big boners that I've made in my company that I'm always going to make sure that I've learned from it. Hey, Bill, it takes courage to admit when you've been a boner. It takes courage to admit, you know, when you failed. And that's something that you teach. And I think Fire Nation, that's something we need to look in the mirror and say, it's time to be courageous about these things in my life. And Bill, we're doing a shift now, and that's to another story, this one being an epiphany, an aha moment. You've had hundreds, my friends, but what is one that you think is going to make a great story for Fire Nation today and take us to that moment and tell us that story? You know, it's a story about lack of confidence and it's a story about nervousness. And it was a moment where I had, after like six months of meeting with a middle manager of a company and him sort of feeling me out as to, am I going to be the right fit for their company to design their leadership program? He finally gets me an audience with their most senior executives at their board meeting. And it's in Chicago at a really posh location. And I'm going to have an audience that with the CEO, co-CEOs of the company and their board members right there. And I am nervous out of my mind. I feel like, who am I? Who am I, this little pipsqueak, to go into this room of people who are way more knowledgeable about their business and probably about business in general. They've got way more gray hair and way more seasoning and experience than me. Who, who am I, little old me, to go and meet with this group? So I was nervous out of my mind and – 
it, you know, it, it took doing it. It took walking through the door, getting over the threshold, answering their questions and getting real. It, it took not posturing. It took relying on my actual experience. And as they were answering, uh, asking me questions, I was able to answer with confidence because it was in my sweet spot. And I think that that was the aha for me is that at least in my particular domain, in the area of my expertise and passion, in the place where I've devoted so much of my time, energy, and and will, that I do have no, more knowledge than the average person around this particular topic only because I've put in the legwork and because I have honored it. And so once I walked through the threshold and got – you know, I think leading up to any threshold moment – is an anxiety provoking experience. For me, you know, the metaphor of the high dive, when you're standing on that little one foot by one foot perch, it's a decision. Can I, can't I? Should I, shouldn't I? Will I, won't I? Get off this platform. And we've reached those thresholds literally thousands of times in our life, but a lot of times there's that hesitancy beforehand. And it, and it, it, even in front of an opportunity. So here was a big opportunity moment. And I was really, really nervous, but I walked through the threshold. I said a little prayer on the way. <laughs> I answered their uh, questions honestly and authentically. And and if I didn't know, I would tell them I didn't know. And as it was going on, I was realizing, you know, I, I know a little bit about what I'm talking about, and and we're being in, we're being present with each other. And I came away with the right. I had earned the right as a result of that meeting to do one workshop with them, and that was eight years ago. And they're one of my biggest clients today. Fire Nation, this is such a great story because the imposter syndrome, it hovers above and within us all. You know, we all have these doubts, but if you are willing to be great at one thing, at one vertical, in one small niche, you will be recognized for that. And I mean, it kind of brings me back real quick, Bill, to a story where when I started podcasting, I was so impressed and in awe of what Dave Ramsey had built with his entire organization. Well, just last week, the Ramsey organization reached out to me and they said, John, we want to get on the phone with you. We jumped on a call and they said, listen, we look at you as the authority figure in this podcasting game. Like this is the wild, wild wow, west. Wow, that's awesome. And you are the best gunslinger out there. And I was like, wow, this is mind blowing that you know this is actually happening, but it came from a place of me focusing so laser-like in one area. Bill did it. You can do this too, Fire Nation. You just need to commit to that action. So that's a huge takeaway for me is that imposter syndrome is just part of the game. But Bill, one sentence, what's the one takeaway for Fire Nation? I think the takeaway is to trust in yourself and earn the right to be there, earn the right to win the work. You don't just get handed to it. You got to, you got to polish your, uh, you know, you got to do the leg work. You got to put the grease on your hands. You got to get dirty and uh, show up and do your level best and earn it. Earn it. And speaking of earn it, when we do some things that we actually earn as entrepreneurs, we stumble sometimes and that reveals some both strengths and weaknesses about us. And Bill, what's your biggest weakness? My biggest weakness is ideation and creativity. I can get caught up in distractions that come disguised as opportunities. I can look at the bright, shiny thing in front of me and think, <laughs> oh, I want to go in that direction today. You know, I'm a little childlike in that way. And um, in some areas, it serves me very well, but it can, but that distraction 
can cause me to uh, get a little unfocused sometimes. And, and I think it could be frustrating for, for some of the people that work around me. I think it's kind of classic entrepreneur. A lot of people experience this working with an entrepreneur is the high energy, the high creativity, the, um, the possibility thinking that sometimes can lack a little bit of focus and get people working and all frothy moving in the direction of the shiny ball. And then I'm like, oh, wait, there's another shiny thing that I'm more interested <laughs> in over here. <laughs> The weapons of mass distraction, they are everywhere, Bill. And on that note, how is that also your biggest strength? Because I'm full of um, lots of creativity. I really think that I, I enjoy the process of creativity. You know, I, I tend to be a spiritual guy, and I believe that uh, creativity is very uh, attached to the nature of the creator. And so the creator of me is when I'm the most reflective of the creative energy of whatever that thing is. Call it God, call it what you what you need to call it. But I feel in alignment with that when I'm in the creative space. I feel almost as if I channeled through it, that, that it's uh, attached to something holy. And so when I'm, I can be very creative and that allows me to be a good ideator, uh, a good brainstormer, um, a good... Um, possibility thinker. And I think it's given me, I, I think what it's done, John, is that I, I don't like regurgitation. I think, by the way, I think anybody can write a book these days. I've written three. I, I think that anybody can write a book just by doing a Google search on, tell me the name of the famous company. Oh, let's write about Starbucks's tips today. <laughs> let's talk about Google and let's talk about Steve Jobs. Anybody can write a book on those things. It's easy to do. But what really I think is the premium today is give me an original thinker. Give me an original idea that came out of your own head and not some article that you read somebody else that launched you off into something else. So I think that I am a pretty good originator of ideas, and, and my books would suggest that. Well, Bill, that has you fired up, I can tell. But what is the one thing that has you most fired up about what you're currently doing today? One thing I failed to mention is, yeah, I got three kids. I've got twin 11-year-olds and an 8-year-old. And I, I'm a good businessman, and I want to remain a good dad, and I, I have to work at being a better dad. And so I want to get off the road a little bit more. And one thing is that we've spent a good deal of emphasis on, started last year, and, and this year we've doubled our efforts, is to do a, a two-day train-the-trainer certification program Ooh. around our original content around courageous leadership. So far as I know, we're the only company in the country that has a courage-building company. In fact, courage-building is one of our URLs. And now you can get this off-the-shelf material, and you can take it to your organizations, whether or not you had of our certification. But we are now officiating a two-day certification program. It went really well last year. We did it for the first time. We piloted it. And this year, we're doing it twice. And that's got me fired up. Mm, rightfully so. And Bill, I'm fired up because we're about to enter the lightning the round. The lightning round. <laughs> but before we get there, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Building your website can be tough work, but this is your home base, and therefore, it's incredibly important. There are a lot of moving pieces, and with website hosting, support, design, and marketing all being equally important parts of the equation, finding the right resources is not only time-intensive, but it can become quite frustrating to find what you're looking for. Good news. You don't have to spend hours of your own time searching 10 different places for answers to these questions and resources that can help, because when you host with HostGator, they offer all of this in one place. Everything from 
from 24-7 live support to one-click WordPress installs, an easy-to-use website builder or design professional you can hire to do the work for you, plus marketing services to help with SEO and PPC. Yes, all in one place. Visit HostGator.com slash Fire30 for a 30% discount today. That's HostGator.com slash Fire in the number 30. At Entrepreneur on Fire, we know firsthand when you're starting up a new business, finding a place to get your logo design can be a challenge. Sure, your cousin Eddie may offer to help out, but that can get real uncomfortable real fast. And at this stage in the game, you don't have the funds to hire an agency. I discovered an easy way you can get great design. It's called 99designs, and it's the world's largest online marketplace for graphic design. Here's how it works. You start by telling them what you need in a simple online brief. Designers from around the world begin submitting designs, and you provide them with feedback to refine the concepts. In just seven days, you get to pick your favorite design and start using it right away. If you're launching a new company, 99designs is your answer for quality graphic design at an affordable price. Right now, when you start your next design project at 99designs.com slash fire, you'll get a $99 upgrade added for free. Bill, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? I am prepared for the lightning rounds. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I wasn't applying the advice that I always gave other people, and that is I didn't trust in myself. What is the best advice you've ever received? I'm going to give you two. The first is from my grandmother. Gugu is what we called her. And Gugu always told me, yes, you can. Why not you? So that was always great. And I still have that little piece of me that says, I think I can. I think I can. The second piece of advice that I received was actually from Jeffrey Gittimer. And it came from a talk that I saw him do. And he basically said, you know, sell some business. You make some money. Make a friend, make a fortune. And I've always held to that notion uh, when it comes to delivering work is trust building. And if you can earn the trust of the people that you're selling to and become their friend, and it's got to be real, it can't be with motive, you can make a fortune working with those clients. What's a personal habit that you have that you believe contributes to your success? Coffee. <laughs> coffee is one habit. It truly is. You know, in the morning, I'm always, uh, I have my ritualistic coffee and it helps me start my day, but it gives me some energy. And then beyond that, honoring the work. I've learned through the hard way, as I shared with you earlier, you got to do the legwork, you got to do the homework. I'm very good at staying out in front. I've got projects that I'm going to be delivering six months from now that I'm already starting to spin the plates for because I, I realize I need to get them going. So I'm pretty good with forethought. And I think of the discipline of, you know, the to-do list, honoring the work, doing the homework, um, I'd say honor the work. Honor the work. I love that phrase. And what's an internet resource like in Evernote that you can share with our listeners? Well, the first one, you know, as a dad on the road, FaceTime is essential. Um, I like Fiverr for the entrepreneur. It gives you some of the quick hit stuff. I, I never do anything for five bucks. It usually ends up being like 20, but it's usually worth it for a quick, you know, a quick blip. And then in my business, because of what I do with Giant Leap Consulting and do a lot of assessment and analysis with companies, um, Poll Everywhere is just fantastic. It's an online tool where I can do a real-time survey with my audience of up to 250 people, and they can text their answers answers to my questions and watch the bar graphs grow real time right in front of them. I pay a subscription fee to do that. There is a free version, but polleverywhere.com is essential. So is SurveyMonkey. So those, uh, those are some that really come to mind. If you could recommend one book for our listeners to join Leaders Open Doors on the show notes page, what would it be and why? 
I'll give you two. The first one, I would say, I you know, as much as um, I, I uh, dismissed a little bit before that anybody could write a book about Steve Jobs, the best book about Steve Jobs is his autobiography, uh, is his biography that was by uh, Walter Isaacson. I think it's an uh, essential business reading book. I think it's an essential entrepreneur book. It is not just a great, fascinating book about Steve Jobs, which it is, but it's also a good business-mindedness book. You'll you learn a lot about business and entrepreneurial. Uh, entrepreneurialism and innovation. So I'd say that that's an essential. The second one I would say is an essay by Ralph Waldo uh, Emerson that you can go online right now and find and read for free. And it's simply called Self-Reliance. And it's like little small fists from 200 years ago, popping you right in the head, giving you enlightenment. (laughs) It's just a fantastic little read. Well, Fire Nation, I know that you love audio, so I teamed up with Audible. And if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook for free at eofirebook.com. I know they do both Steve Jobs and his new book, Becoming Steve Jobs, really well on Audible, really, really well. And is your book, Leaders Open Doors, on Audible? It is on Audible. Done. Awesome. Well, Bill, this question is the last question of the lightning round, but it is a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Oh, man, that is a doozy is right. (laughs) Oh, that's tough. I'm going to break it down by day. The first day, I would do prayer and meditation the first day. The first day would be silent reflection, getting into my inner wisdom, tapping into the the great unseen and get some counsel as to the direction that uh, that my higher power would want me to take. So first day prayer and meditation. Second day ideation and planning. Get out the whiteboard. Get out the flip charts. Start thinking through what is it that I want to do. How I want to bring my expertise into this strange new land. And there would be a lot of sort of planning. Day three and four creation and I and that would be partly me creating some deliverables. And starting to reach out through social media, create a web presence, uh, spend some of the money on creating a web presence, getting tapped into all the social media channels from that foreign land, whatever it might be. Hire people in online services like Fiverr and Odesk and Elance and such at an inexpensive way to help build out whatever the idea would be. Day number six, I would attend a massive conference of like-minded people, wherever that would be in that strange country, and I would have as many conversations as I possibly could. Day seven, I would pick three of those conversations, and I would tell them, look, I will do – I will come in and assess your organization for the services that I deliver. It's free assessment, and I will come in and I will do a full-on assessment for you all. Um, No obligations, and I will – assess your company in the area of courage to see what, where the courage might be lacking. And that would be my entry point into the doorway to be, to do a free assessment around the expertise that I have. So that's the breakdown of seven days. Wow. I mean, Fire Nation, breaking it down for you day by day, step by step. Bill, this just makes me want to end how we started, which is on fire with you sharing one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. A, trust yourself. B, be courageous and act with courage in everything you do. Courage is a virtue. Aristotle said it's the first virtue because it makes all the other virtues possible. So <laughs> be virtuous by be courageous. Best way to get in touch with me is treasurer at jolting.com, couragebuilding.com, my website. 
or leadersopendoors.com. And John Lee, what a fantastic honor to be with you and your listeners. I love being on Fire Nation. <laughs> you are on fire in Fire Nation. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you have been hanging out with Bill and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com and just type Bill in the search bar. His show notes page will pop right up. He's promised to send me a YouTube link of him jumping from 100 feet on fire into a small little pool. And Bill, I want to thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, my friends, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. As much as we travel for conferences and other opportunities, it's nice to have the right types of software in place that can help us work more efficiently, even when we're on the go. This is especially true when it comes to our finances. Introducing the online accounting software and platform for your small business, Xero. That's X-E-R-O. Sign up for a free 30-day trial at Xero.com slash podcast. That's X-E-R-O.com slash podcast. Fire Nation, thank you for joining us on Entrepreneur on Fire. Visit eofire.com for links to everything we chatted about today, as well as killer resources, gifts, and so much more. Are you subscribed to the Fire Nation newsletter? Why the heck not? Text EOFIRE to 33444 and you'll get gifts, resources, and value bombs galore. Have an inspired day and ignite.